ask you a question. What can I say about communion that hasn't already been paid? There's not a whole lot that I can say, but there's plenty that I can do. I just got to thinking. <laughs> We're good talkers. We could probably sell ice cream to Eskimos. But are we doers? And I think that's what God's called us to be. Because that's what he did. He was a man of his word. A man of his word. He never stepped back. He never said later. He never said maybe. He never questioned. He was a doer. So I can say a lot of things today. And so can you. We can speak to each other. But are we going to stop for just a moment? Just a moment. You can define how long that wants to be for yourself. And are we going to examine ourselves? We can't come and take this communion today unless we take that moment and we examine who we are before Christ. He wants to have a relationship with us with the, in the Holy Spirit. I would never have a relationship with my wife if we never took the time. If we never took the time to find out who each other was. And you'll never have a relationship and I'll never have a relationship with Christ if we don't stop everything that we're doing. Who's busy? Any of you not busy? We're all busy. And stop just for that single moment and take that exam. I might find out something about me that needs to be significantly changed. But I don't like change. What do I do? I buffet it all the time. And I really buffet it when somebody comes to me and tells me that I need to change. Because there's another radar out there. The other radar is you guys. You're watching out after me. Because that's what Christ did. He's not watching out after himself. He's watching out after us. But it reminds us it's not about us. He reminds us it's about all of him. So take a minute or two. But I caution you, don't take a lifetime to take that exam. Because you know what? You don't know that hour nor that day. For if we did, maybe we could slip in under the wire. But I don't think we want to slip in under the wire. Servers, you want to come forward? Lord Jesus, we just come before you today. We just humble ourselves before your cross. Father, we thank you for the sacrifice that you've laid so that we could be set free. Let our minds be changed. Let our hearts come before you and be softened, Father. That we would just take that moment and we would come before and examine ourselves. That we would come before you of no reputation. That we would lay that reputation, if we have one, before you, Father. That it would be crushed beneath your feet. And that we would be set free. In Jesus Christ. Amen. It says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, chapter 11, 
which we've read many times, but there's a small word in there that I don't think either one of us or any of us really pay attention to. Starting in 24, And when he has given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he goes on in 25, In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the small word that we overlook all the time. It's not even marked in my Bible in red. It says, he gave thanks. He gave thanks for his situation. Let us partake of the bread and the blood. Amen. Where do we start? Thank you. Mike is going to take it today. Wouldn't that be great? Praise the Lord. Yeah, we want to start in Ephesians 4, but we always have to get a running start. For the Lord's so big. Good to remember the sacrifice that the Lord Himself gave for us and continues to wash us from our sin. And that's why we're here, is to celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. To celebrate that our eyes have been opened, that He's chosen us. Not by anything we've done or any goodness or righteousness, but... God's got a purpose. He's made some decisions about our life, and He's going to fulfill it. He that's begun a good work in, uh, in you is going, to fu- is going to do it. But now we're to be co-laborers together with Jesus. So as I was preparing today, or for the today, I kind of came across some scriptures that I thought were good. So we'll, we'll use some of them. Let's turn our Bibles to... Now, we, we started to talk in Ephesians 4. And I believe Ephesians 4 is particularly important to us. Well, the whole Bible is, but... Again, as I prayed for the children, really prayed for ourselves, unless we're hearing afresh today, we're not going to be changed. We're not going to know Him. Because so Jesus said, The words that I speak, their spirit and the truth, they profit the flesh nothing. And again, as, as we get older, and just not even just so much in age, but, you know, we just walk on with the Lord, things can become very mundane, very drudgerish, very uh, just always the same, you know. And it's easy to become disdainful of things. And I want us to look at a, a certain word, because it's easy that the Bible warns us and admonishes us over and over not to cast off our hope, which has great comfort reward, not to grow weary, not to despise the things of the Lord. It reminds us that in, in the children of Israel, the gospel was preached unto them and the purpose of God was given unto them just as it was to us. But because it wasn't mixed with faith, it didn't profit them what God had intended it to be for. We think, well, how could that be? They were, they were the church in the wilderness. They were all baptized in the Moses. They all ate of that same spiritual bread. And really it's saying that's what we've partaken of. We are, that, we are the called. And sometimes we can actually deceive ourselves because the Bible says if we're just hearers of the Word and not doers, we deceive ourselves. And so as Scott was talking, that's really what I want to talk about is becoming doers of the Word. Because it's easy to be a hearer. It's easy to be a, an agreeer even. But a doer is one who's obedient. It's one who's showing forth the love of Jesus Christ. But there is one thing that you know Scott said that I take a little exception to. I don't know if that's the right word, but now he's paying attention. Um, we're good talkers. I don't think we are. I think a lot of the doing of the word is actually talking the word. Because the Bible says it's through the foolishness of preaching that God has ordained that man should be saved. It's through the hearing of the word that faith comes. So many times the doing of the word in our life and in our situation is actually the preaching of the word. It's actually the agreeing with the word spoken and then preaching it ourselves. So Paul heard the gospel and it became his gospel and he preached it. So many times we can just get into a thing, well, I'm, I'm doing it. 
I don't think we can do it until, as, unless we are preaching it as well. Because it's through the foolishness of preaching. Because the things that, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We have some strange things in our hearts, folks, if you've been listening. Well, James talks about, well, who can bridle the tongue? We talk about all kinds of things. But if the Holy, allow the Holy Spirit to bridle our tongue, we actually start to do the Word of God. My speech will actually become bridled. Now, let's turn to 2 Timothy because this is, this is important. I've got to bring this definition out. Otherwise, I won't do it. 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy 3.16. And again, I'm, uh, as, I was, as I was preparing for the meeting, these, these, I, I looked up some stuff and the words kind of jumped out. And so that's why we're turning to this scripture. It says, and All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine and reproof, for correction and for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly furnished, perfect and thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now, Ephesians 4, we've had that same word for the perfecting of the saints. Here the same thing is that we would be perfect or fully equipped unto all, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. But the Word of God is given for what? Well, it's given again to be talked about. It's given to be used. It's given to come out of our mouth. It's been given to change us by us speaking it. And a lot of times we think, oh, well, I don't want to be a hypocrite. Please be a hypocrite. Because the, the, the whole basis of our faith is believing something that we don't see. God doesn't call that hypocrisy. He calls it faith. He says, I, I value that a lot. So, the Word of God is given. Now, we practicing the Word of God, given for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction. Now, I want to talk much in the, in the, in the times to come about instruction. Now, I looked up that word, instruction. And many times I think we have a difficult time because we really don't draw near to the Lord. The Lord is so strange to us, we go, who is this guy? What's he talking about? I don't want to listen to what he's got to say. He's always on my case. Every time I do something, he's doing, you know, it's like this, like this. I'm just tired of it. How many people would just like to and maybe are living just my own life? And every now I turn the radio on, I'm talking, you know, metaphorically now, to kind of hear some kind of voice of Jesus. But as far as following Him, as far as letting that engrafted Word actually come into me, the incorruptible seed actually come into me, and I start nurturing that seed so it actually produces fruit, is a different matter. Paul talks about not receiving the grace of God in vain. He says, I'm here to give thee the mystery... The, the gospel has been given that the mystery that's been hid from ages and from generation is now revealed. And that mystery is Christ in you. And he says, now that I have that mystery and my eyes have been opened, I haven't received the grace of God in vain, but I labor more abundantly than they all to preach the gospel. Now that's what needs to take place in me. Sometimes I think we receive something, but we, don't le- we, we receive it in vain. We don't labor with Him that works in us mightily. And so we have kind of like Jesus and me. And there's kind of like a connection, but not like a melding, if that's the right word. And so again, as we we do grow, and we realize that the battle is an ongoing battle. Paul talks about, we've mentioned this before, about running the race. We're talking about living life. Paul, Peter talks about that. Let me turn to there as well, and then we'll get going. Second Peter, I believe it's the right scripture. And while we're turning there, how many people are enjoying the air conditioning? Anybody enjoying that? Just want to mention to you that. Be warned. Yeah. If we're not paying our tithes, I'm going to shut the air conditioning off in the meeting. We didn't have it in Vaughan. We can do without it here. So just a word of exhortation. See, again, that's well, why is he mentioning that? Well, we're not practicing the Word. Is it a little thing? Well, yeah. But it won't be a little thing when the air conditioning is off. Make my day. So, you know, take it 
Second Peter 3.11. Talking about the day of the Lord coming. Seeing then that we all... Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of person ought we to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking, and, looking for and chastening for the coming of the day of God? Now that we know these things, our eyes have been opened, we, we have a revelation. How should we live? See, how should we live? Paul talks about in Galatians, it's no longer I that live, but Christ liveth in me. And the life that I now live, I don't live unto myself. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I'm laboring with Him that lives in me. I'm no longer living an independent life or a religious life. I'm a Christian. I'm not a hot cross bun that takes an idle piece of bread, and I mean idle in the put, uh, like an idol. You know what an idol, not like lazy, idol and put a cross on it. Many times our life isn't changed. We just go around like the crusaders. But I'm still living my life. This is not what God has for us. But in fulfilling God's purpose, there's a battle that goes on within my flesh that continually fights against the things of God. And that's why the exhortation over and over, particularly in Hebrews, is don't get weary. Don't give up. Continue to speak the truth. Continue to be a hypocrite. Continue to preach the Word. Because faith comes by hearing. Well, what are we hearing then? Well, we're hearing Moses is an idiot. Moses doesn't know what he's doing. Well, that had some, that had some consequences. It had some consequences not preaching that God is good and manna is a good thing. It had some consequences not picking up the same judgment. If you continue to have your same judgment, it will lead you to a different end. God is known by His judgments. God is known by His teachings. God is known by His instructions. And we ought to also have the same judgment. And that is where God works with us. He puts us in the body as He sees fit. Parenthesis time. I was thinking about this. Because we read in Ephesians... Why did I read this scripture? Wait, what scripture was that? 3.11? Yeah, 3.11. Yeah, what, what our life ought to be. That's what it was. Okay, but there's some instruction too. I want to get to instruction. But see, as we read in, in Ephesians, it says there's one body. Let's turn to Ephesians. People always say I don't turn to scriptures enough. Ephesians chapter 4. Now again, remember, Jesus Christ, God Almighty, the Word of God, uses the church or the kingdom of God or us working in the kingdom, how it works, as the human body. He uses that as an example. Not just anybody, like we talked about last week. And he doesn't use an amoeba. An amoeba is a body. It's a living organism. But he doesn't say, now, we as the body of Christ, like an amoeba, go about like a free spirit sucking up anything we want. It doesn't do that. It says this is a body. And the actually that says it's a human body. And there's a reason why that is so. And many times I think, I think we're just too free spirited. I think we live in the age, especially since the 60s, especially since the, the age of the, the intellectual revolution, but it's been going on a long time. We've just given it more credence. We're free spirits. Another word for free spirit is what? Rebellion. That's a good one. Another one. Sin. Yeah, we don't like that one. Yeah, there's a lot of them. What we, but as Christians, we would like to say what? Feel led of the Spirit. What's that mean? Sin. If you're hearing me. Okay. So God is going to teach us how to be led by the Spirit. Do you know you have to be learned to be led by the Spirit? You have to be, and the word is, instructed. We have to be instructed in righteousness. We have to be instructed in a lot of things. The word of God is given for us to be instructed by. There's an interesting word. That word instruction doesn't mean what we think it means. It doesn't mean just come to and listen to a nice teaching and then you decide if you like it or not. That's a free spirit. See? That's a free spirit. We don't want free spirits. We want His Spirit. So we're talking about the body of, of Christ and working 
with Him to fulfill His purpose and actually then not growing stodgy in our old age and giving up and, and making an excuse for our flesh. Making an excuse to be a good crusader. Sometimes it's easier to be a crusader than it is to obey. It's easier to have a cause than to obey. It's easier to sacrifice than it is to obey. Whether, I mean, all famous, well, that famous scripture, to obey is better than sacrifice. But sometimes we like to get very noble and think we're actually sacrificing because of I've got some noble idea. I just, I just won't do that. You know, I'm like Peter. Peter was very noble. He had some very holy ideas. And God, God gives him a, a vision and says, rise, slay, and eat. Well, he wasn't obedient. He was noble. He was going to do what he felt was right. He said, I'm not eating that. I've never done that. I won't do that. And not, not working with God, working actually against God by his own understanding. Now, left to ourselves, that's why Proverbs says, do not lean to your own understanding. And there's a way that that has to be done. Ephesians 4. I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the vocation. There is a vocation. There is a work. There is a call that we are talking about. We're talking about all things that pertain unto life. Now that we have the revelation of Jesus Christ, how should we ought to live? Now that we are called, you have a vocation. And what the church is, is vocation school. We're here to train you to be a disciple. Not here to train you to get saved. I can't train you to be righteous. I can't train you to be better people. But we can train you to do the work that God has called us to do. Now, I have to decide where I am supposed to be. And this is the next step that takes place. The more you learn about science, people say, oh, science and religion, they don't mix. Actually, science confirms religion, true science. So here we have, we're all one. Well, that's true. Do you know that, I think if you take, DNA in my body is DNA. If you take it from here, oh, that's Victor Bedoyan. If you take it from here, that's Victor Bedoyan. DNA is all the same, Correct? But that's not enough. We're going to go on here. Keep the DNA and the instruction. We've got a lot of stuff here. We want to walk worthy of the vocation. With all lowliness and meekness, with, for, for, with for long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, even as you are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of us all, who is above all, and through you all, and in you all. And again, many people just stop there, giving place to the great oneness that is in the universe. And we are all one in God. God's going to go past that. Because now that He says that, He's going to say, but... There's something more that needs to be added. Peter says the same thing. Now that you're saved, add to your faith some stuff. Because if you don't, you're going to backslide. And the same thing happens when I am conceived. My DNA is boom. It's done. doesn't change, does it? Okay. And I am a human being at that time. It's, it's human DNA. No matter what happens. But yet God in that, in that DNA, something begins to happen in that two cell or whatever cell thing it is. And pretty soon, there's a but. I don't know why you're laughing. But unto everyone, there's going to come some splits in that body. And immediately, God is going to begin to define certain things, even though they have the same DNA. The, the liver is going to start to take form. Now, is it against the rest of the body? Absolutely not. But it must be defined. Now, it's not enough even just to be defined. We have a vocation. Now let's, my hand, my hand, I like hands. They, has a great function. But in order for this hand to function, first of it had to be divided and changed and made to be a specific unit. One spirit, one flesh, one baptism. Function was different. But it's not enough just to even function well. It has to be in the right place and have the right function. 
When God has set us in the body, He doesn't just set us in the amoeba body. Now, in an amoeba body, you don't have to have any form or function. You just... You don't have to do anything. There's no pressure. You know, you hit a wall, you just go around it. Something eats you, you don't even know it. You eat something, you don't know it. There's just blah. And many times, we think that's the Lord. However, when I read the Bible, it's not the Lord. Because he doesn't say, you're, hi, my body, you're an amoeba. You don't know anything, you don't do anything. I just am kind of working. And No, no, he says, you are a body, and this is the way it's going to work. I've called you to a vocation. Now that there is a purpose in God, I'm going to make you a body, a human body, as an example. So now it's not enough just to have a right function. You need to be in the right place and the right function. See, now, I, have you, I mean, I've heard of stories like this, where p- babies are born with their heart outside their body, pumping. It's functioning. It's in the wrong place. It's unhealthy. See, if my hand was up here and I could do this, you'd think that'd be pretty weird. I'd get a job in a circus. And many times we find ourselves like that. We're not being placed or allowed to be placed where God wants us, number one. There's several problems. We could be placed where God wants us and not functioning the way He wants us. So you have a hand. But it's trying to be lungs. Not going to work. See, that's well, our lungs is a good thing. You are wrong. I am making, I, I am separating the body to function as I want it to be. So it's not enough to be an amoeba. It's not enough to even be the right part. You must be the right part in the right place and function correctly. Now, why does any member of the body function? This is now, this is Je- Jeopardy. Does anybody have an answer for $50? Boy, now they're thinking. Yeah, well, that's why it does, but why? It'd be the same thing. The, the hand is not an independent member. Remember, Corinthians says, if the eye says, oh, I'm not an ear, I'm not, a, I'm not of the body, should be not be the eye. The whole body functions not for the good of the hand. Sometimes the hand will actually do things that will hurt it to protect the body. Like here comes a baseball. It's going to take the beating to protect the body. Now most of us are like, oh, here comes a ball. Oh boy, that guy was an idiot. No, you're the idiot. You're not because you're not functioning the way God had intended. But see, most naturally, we don't turn the other cheek. Naturally, we're not long-suffering. Naturally, I don't build up the body. Naturally, I do what I want to do and I don't make that obedient sacrifice to say, God, you've placed me here. Now, I'm going to make all my judgments, all my actions the way you desire me to function. If I am the hand, I belong at the end of the wrist and I do certain things. I'm not the heart. And I'm not going to throw a fit if I get, you know, the baseball. Heads harder, should No, none of those things. So we need to be in the proper place and function properly. Now that's the part where the, the body is actually... See, the body... And it's an amazing thing. The body, according to Hebrew, the Philippians, makes increase of itself in love. How does your body grow? Well, and the, you fought, watch these science movies. They're, they're unbelievable. Kind of weird. But you got these cells, and they, the body actually grows itself. There's something in there. I mean, no, no, again, the Holy Spirit's working in it. Like, and all of a sudden, it knows when to make a heart, make a lung. Make, you know, someone doesn't come down and say, okay, let's. It's making itself increase of itself by itself. Well, that's what, he, that's what Ephesians is saying. There's an operation going on. But see, with us as living stones, or as free spirits, known as sinners, we can always say, no, I'm not doing that. We can abort the baby. Now, we never like to talk about, boy, abortion, that's bad. We do it spiritually almost every day. Well, I I just, I'm not going to do that. I will not let that liver form. I will not let that take place because I have some certain things. It's those certain things and wills and ideas that God's saying, are those more important than my body? Are those more important than my love? Are those you running your life? See, we're no longer, we're not to live for ourselves. Second Corinthians, let me just read that. Makes it very clear. Colossians also says the same thing. But Second Corinthians chapter 5. Now again, I need to remind myself. 
Because after a while, I can grow stodgy. I can say, you know what? I just don't want to do this anymore. I think I, I, I think I was made for a hammock. I think I was made to not put up with this. I think now that I'm 45, 50, 35, whatever it is, 18, I think I know some things. Well, you do know some things. And Paul says, if you, if you want to be truly wise, stop knowing so much. Because knowledge does a couple things. Number one, it puffs up. It makes you think you know more than you do. So, we don't want to do that. But the Bible says, now again, Philippians, humble yourself. Do you know what a good way, how a good way to humble yourself is? They had a good sign across the street the other day about communication. It's not so much talking about hearing. I forget how they said it. It was pretty cute. Number one, a good way to humble yourself is shut up. Just listen. Oh, okay. Now, the disciples learned that after a while. Anytime they, so they, didn't, they didn't answer. They said, okay, well, there's something in there. We, maybe we don't understand it. But it's the doing of the Word that will transform us and actually fulfill our place and my function. There's instruction that needs to go on. Now, P- Proverbs talks much about loving instruction. Proverbs talks, and we're going to get to that when we get to Ephesians, because there's a difference between doctrine and instruction. See, we can be led astray, by, fifthly and so on, be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. A lot of us got a lot of wind of doctrine. That's wonderful. That is not instruction. There is certain instruction that was in the body that says, make the heart. Make hair. Make the knees. Make it like this. And you know what's really weird? After a certain time, my body actually stops growing. I should be like, I grew at the same rate when I was like six. I should be like 35 feet tall. Boy, and then if I had one of these, I'd really make a lot of money in the circus. But the body, it's all there because it's been instructed to do so. Now, there's other things that come against my body, teachings that come against my body in this world. But instruction will keep me. See, there's, oh, well, there's there's this, well, what about that? No. If you understand God's perspective on instruction, if you love instruction, it will keep you. And we're going to talk much about that because the the first, I said about the first 16 chapters, 12 chapters of Proverbs deals primarily with instruction and a relationship with the father and the mother that's giving instruction. says, if you keep my commandments, if you keep my instruction, you hide them in your heart, it will keep you from all this other teaching that's going on. There's got to be some decisions that are made in you. See, unlike the body, we can make a decision that says, no, I just won't do that. But there's got to be some decisions that... I've just heard something. Now, either I can just hear something, like in the days of Paul. Paul was preaching in Athens. And they talked, there was one place to talk to all kinds of religious stuff. They said, oh, we'd like to hear this man again. He has some far out teaching. He's talking about this guy who raised from the dead. But, you know, we know about this horse that flies, too. We'd like to debate that. See, not like that. See, if you hear it like that, you have not heard God. But when you hear instruction, it should be, I've heard God. Now I'm functioning in what I just was instructed. Now, there will be in obedience and an act of faith towards that. Because most of the time, you're going to hear things that you're not going to agree with. Now, at that point, I must make the sacrifice or the decision who's in charge of my life. But if we've been given the revelation, knowing that this, end, this world is coming to an end, Jesus Christ is coming back, we've been delivered from sin, by the, by, not by the corruptible things of this world, gold, silver, and jewels, but by the precious blood of Jesus, how then ought we to live? Well, we're not supposed to live like in our imaginations. And we're not supposed to live like the other heathen. We're supposed to be so totally different. That means we're living for the glory of God, not living my own existence with a cross on it. We don't want hot cross buns. They're really good, though. My mom used to make good hot cross buns. Does anybody... No, never mind. We don't want to get on. I'll tell you the story of hot cross buns sometime. Okay, where are we? Corinthians. Chapter 5. Verse 15, And that he died for all, they that live should henceforth not live unto themselves, but unto him that rose again. You want, See, now again, this is, a, this is a very common mistake. Now, if you go out in the world and maybe even have this conversation with yourself, who should you live for? Me! 
I, you, gotta, you, you know, you've got to follow your dreams. You've got to go with your gut feeling. You've got to do... Don't let anybody take advantage of it. No one should boss you around. You've got to be free. That's what you hear. You have a, you have a choice. You, have a, you deserve a choice. You deserve what you get. Well, God help us. Thank God He has. But we're not to live for ourselves. That in itself is an offensive statement that if it's not shaking you to the core, you haven't heard it yet. Because every day there's going to come a chance to preach the gospel or to hear the gospel and you're going to determine whether you're going to live for yourself or be a free spirit or be led of the spirit. See, God doesn't have to lead. He's already set certain instructions in the body that are already leading the body. When the baby is conceived, it automatically goes through these things. Livers form. They, it's happening. We can move out of the way of that and not allow it to take place. But Paul says, I want to labor with that which works in me mightily. I don't want to receive the grace of God in vain. So the Word of God is given for instruction, for doctrine, for correction. And we're... You know, years and years ago when, when you know, Jim, Jim used to preach, practice the Word. It means do the Word. Simply, I hear something, I need to practice it. Now, I cannot do that in a... In a if you haven't noticed, I am preaching to you. Okay? Now, sometimes we get, we get kind of weird. Um, the letter to the Corinthian church was actually a letter to the people of the church of Corinthia. Corinth. Okay, there was now we can get we can get weird. See, I am not preaching to the whole church this morning. Now there may be some things that are there, but I am really preaching to you. See, when I woke up this morning and I combed my hair, I did comb my hair. I didn't comb everybody's hair. I actually combed my hair. I had a specific function in a specific place. See, but sometimes we kind of like get into the thing. Well, you've got to comb everybody's hair. No, we're not. God has given me a work to do. This is the work that I have to take care of. I have to put on the clothes Christy gives me. I was going to say dress myself, but you wouldn't believe me. There's certain things that have to be done. So when I am preaching, I am preaching to, for lack of a better, let's, we'll, just, we'll be the hand today. I am preaching to the hand. Hand, this is what you ought to be doing. When the baseball comes, block it. Oh, okay. Now, that's an unnatural act. Ow! Now, the hand might say, I'm not going to do that again. Well, his purpose is for the body to grow, even though it may sacrifice him. Does that sound familiar like anybody you know? Sounds like the Lord Jesus Christ, who sacrificed himself for others. Let that mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. It's going to come up against some stuff. So, practicing the Word means I need to do the Word. How? As the hand would do the See, the hand cannot practice the heart's Word. Now, it would be a, the same DNA. If you... Correct, Don? Don's, Don's the professor here, so Don, yell out amen a little bit louder. So, the hand has the same DNA as the heart. Isn't that correct? But you, you put them both together, if you didn't, you'd say, they're not even from the same body. That's disgusting. What is that? No, they're the same. They're the same body. They're made of the same material. But they must function differently. They must be in a different location. Even though they're made of the same material, got the same DNA, have the same purpose, you cannot switch them. So God has placed you in the body as He sees fit, and He wants you to function in a certain manner. You don't get to choose that manner. You notice the amen level went way down? Amen, amen. Oh, reality. Yeah, That's why our speech needs to be more of faith, more speaking these things. Because if not, other things come up. And it, like I said, they're not bad things. They're just natural things. And they feed the natural man. And the spiritual man becomes weaker and weaker. And pretty soon, it's real easy to become natural. It's real easy to agree with the devil. It's real easy to become a crusader. It says, yes, 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 but actually not doing the word. 
instruction. Remember 2 Timothy? All Scripture, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God for instruction. Now, because I want to talk about instruction, I, I looked up instruction in the Strong's Concordance. Instruction. The first meaning is chastisement. That brought I me mean, think of another scripture in Hebrews. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. I want to look at that word too, despise. How many people thought the word despise means like hate? Yeah, it'd be easy if it was. It'd be easy if it was. There's a, there's a worse meaning than hate. There's something even more obnoxious to do than to hate what God's doing. And now that you're on the edge of your chairs, I didn't look it up in the strong, so I don't know. <laughs> that word, despise, means to have little regard or to disregard or to disesteem. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Have you put some stuff off that's... You, you don't hate it because you know that... Uh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm above hating. Oh, I wish you could hate it because then at least God got a hold of you. But when you have God has no place at all, we disesteem Him. He's disesteemed in public school. He's disesteemed in society. Many times He's disesteemed in our body and the way that He's, he's functioning because we hear instruction we go... No, I don't, I don't think that's important. I'm not giving that the reverence. The DNA saying, change, change. I don't, I don't see any point in that. To, to, what's the word? Um, to despise is to disesteem or to regard something lightly. Many times God is trying to change us and here the chastening of the Lord is coming, the instruction of the Lord is coming and we, we'd, if you could hate it, you might be able to deal with it but to just, no, no place here. I, I won't even consider that. No, that's, that, that, that's foolish. That's someone's opinion. I, I don't see it. Yes, there is an opinion going on. The opinion is you need to function like this. Stop living in here. This is where you are. You have been placed in the body. This is how you ought to be. That's why the Bible says you must all come into the same judgment. This is where practicing the Word has to become real in our life. I cannot practice the Word as I practice the Word in Von Turkey. You know, I began to think about that. A lot of things we talk about, you know, we didn't actually get to talk a whole lot in Von Turkey about. Do you know why? Because we were dealing with life and death. We were dealing with persecution. We were dealing with things. And at that point, we didn't have the freedom to actually go on and equip the church in its fullness that it had to. But God has given us the ability to be free here. And what do we use? We use our freedom for an occasion to the flesh rather than glorifying God, rather than pressing in saying, Lord, I want to be equipped to glorify you. Now, when the police come in and say we can't meet here, we might be talking about something different. But, right now, God's saying, I've got another plan for you. Start hearing the Word. Start doing the Word. Start dealing with some of these areas of free spirit in you and different judgments that are not what I have for this body. So, we don't want to disesteem the chastening or the instruction of the Lord. Because what happens after a while is we stop hearing it. We dismiss it. Because it's so easy. Remember, we have a friend. Who's your friend? The yeah, the devil. He's always on your side. You don't have to do that. Oh, go ahead and eat of the tree. God knows it's good for you. Oh, come on. Everybody knows that's, 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 somebody, that's stupid. You don't have to do that. Oh, that's a ridiculous... I, you can be a Christian and not do that. You can eat a... Beware of that voice. That's not the voice of the Holy Spirit. The voice of the Holy Spirit usually is a much more grating voice. It's the one that's going to trouble you. Make sure you don't make light of that voice, but actually give the more diligence to hear it. So instruction, and then we'll go on to Ephesians 4, inshallah. Instruction means chastisement. That's why we... Have you noticed why you get upset when someone t speaks to you about anything. Remember we're talking about, what are we really talking about here? Real life. Real life. How you make money. How you talk. How you think. What your judgments are. What time you do this. How you clean your house. When you pay your tithes. When you don't pay your tithes. When you come to the jury. When you, when you, all those things are real 
And that's what we're supposed, that's where we're living, that's the race that we're doing, that's the vocation that we're here to do. And all those things, there's a function, and the function, you know, you won't have this body up in heaven. We're going to have a different body. This body is for this functioning. The body of Christ, as it seems now, this particular member, is to function in this world. Now that I'm righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ, see, the Bible says, how should we then ought to live? Well, it goes on to say, even in this world, you should live blameless. You know, I don't know why we just can't go out and drink now that we're saved. I don't know why I can't just go out and cruise around. I'm saved. It says, because there's something I want to show the world. There's a function that you need to function in. There's a judgment you need to work in. There's going to be something that's going to be seen as the body comes out. There's nothing better than when a baby comes out and you go, wow, that's a nice baby, when the babies are born. There's something very sad when a baby comes out either dead or deformed. I mean, you can still love it and all that, but it's... And what God wants to do is show forth a man-child or two twins. Yeah, it's kind of nice to have twins. I was thinking about... These are the things I think about during worship. I was thinking, you know, it's nice to have twins. If not, they'd always be holding the one baby. (laughs) They'd be sparring, you know, now we get to hold it, you know. It's kind of nice. Anyway. So, instruction. See, instruction is not like what you get, you know, when you... In, in the toilet kit, you know, okay, do this, do this. That, that's a small part of it. Instruction means chastisement, reproof, warning. This one I like. Restraint. That's why, we're, that's why he uses the word stiff-necked. The reason most of us don't actually conform ourselves to the function that he wants is because we don't want to be restrained. I don't want to do that. I've got some things to say about that. That's why I want to talk to you about that, son, daughter. I want you to be able... Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than all your other dreams, all your other aspirations, all your other teachings? Do you love my instruction more than doctrine? Do you love my teachings more than your your own purpose? It's restraint. Stiff-necked. Notice when, whenever, if you, you ever get that feeling in your neck when someone talks to you. That's why our talking needs to see. But our talking needs to be the same. See, now I just did something very simple. All five of those fingers chose to do that at the same time. What did they get from that? Nothing. But there's a judgment that comes when we speak the same thing that actually causes the function to actually function better and better and better. And without the same judgment in a particular body and in a particular function, you have chaos at best. But we sometimes find that we don't want to be restrained. We don't want to... See, now God, you know, I thought of this scripture today. It said... um, you know, the, 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 the kings of this earth rule by, rest- by power. They restrain people to do things. But the kingdom of God isn't like that. It is so easy to despise or to give God no place in our life, and he'll let that happen. It's so easy to have your own way. He wants us to be able to hear instruction on a level that says, oh, I've got that. I'm going to adapt that into my life. I'm going to start speaking that. I'm going to start living that way. And where is it? what is it going to be? It's going to be life. It's going to be the real life, the way the body actually moves. So restraint, instruction, correction, teaching, discipline, discipline, and rebuke. The instruction of life. See, children are born a free spirit. Now, every time you're teaching instruction something, you are restricting them. You're disciplining them. There's really no reason a child doesn't have to, you know, needs a, f- a fork and a knife or a spoon. I mean, it's, they, they eat a- actually rather well with their hands and face. And then you kind of like, use this spoon. And you know, it's, it's not working. It will work. 
you have to get used to it. And the same thing in every area of our life. God is now beginning to instruct us in righteousness. Now, what would, what would instruction in righteousness be? Anybody want to take a guess? Life. There is very little instruction outside of this thing called life. Most of the letters to the Scripture are dealing with life. And that's what I'm saying. Here we are in life. Now we can receive a revelation. But as we walk as a body, what we are perceived to be is what's seen. See, in Ephesians, and we'll get to that, in Ephesians 4, it talks about the apostles, the prophet, the pastor, the evangelist, the teacher for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the equipping of the body of Christ, till we all come into the perfect man, the fullness and the measure of the stature of Christ, and goes on and on. I, I can't remember it all. And it goes on. But towards the end of the chapter, it says, now that you're there, remember, stop stealing. Why would you say that? See, there are certain things that must also accomplish righteousness. All things that pertain unto life and godliness. And the doing of the word only has, we can only practice it in life. Now, which one do you think is better, the hand or the heart? I don't know which one is better. I guess if you took the heart out, you'd die, but in that case, give me, give me your hand. Don't have that kind of thinking. See, sometimes we, see, it's not a matter of better. It's a matter of where God puts you in the body. It's a matter of this is where I want you to be. What was better, to build the ark or to build the ark of the covenant? Well, this is what God has for you. See, many times we look at things as, we, look at, we, we judge righteousness on our merit. Well, I don't see anything wrong with that. It has nothing to do with that. See, there's nothing wrong with the hand being on the end of the arm. And sometimes I'm, I'm working now on a house and stuff, but wouldn't it be nice to have three more arms, one about six foot long? I mean, that would just be wonderful. I wouldn't have to ask for help at all. Just like, you know, and I could ache in six different parts of my body. But, you know, God made it this way. And so this is what he wants us to conform to. So there's this working of instruction, of DNA, if you will, for a particular place. Where are you? You are here for a particular function that's being has already been pre-prescribed for you to be conformed into. Do you know that before I was born, God knew what I was going to look like? He says He had it written down all in a book. He knew I was going to be a beautiful brown baby. Yeah, He knew that. Oh. There's some things he's made some decisions about for your life. Are you willing, Lord Jesus, to go to the cross? Yes. Are you willing to work with these 12? Yes. He didn't choose those things. He allowed DNA, if you would, to work in him. So, now, with instruction and despising defined, let's turn to Ephesians. And again, the work is practicing the word. I believe as we, it's easy to get, to draw back. Paul, Hebrews talks about, do not draw back. I think it's easy to make compromises. But I believe God wants us to preach the word one to another. I believe he wants us to preach the truth one to another. I believe he wants us to instruct one another in the ways of righteousness or the way of function of how I ought to function. There's a specific way I need to function. And that's going to come through chastisement, restraint, discipline, teaching, warning. And at those times, we should hear that and do it. Did you hear that? Wow. Yeah. Well, I know it's tough. You know, I know it's tough. I'd rather give you a different message. Because it's, it's really, you know, on me. I, you know, I, I, I don't want to rebuke people all the time. I don't want to have to push my opinion. I kind of find it rather repugnant. That's why I dropped out of society years ago. I just found the whole thing just it stinks. I, wasn't, I, just, I don't want to deal with anybody. I don't want to tell anybody anything. I didn't even like the, 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 the revolutionaries. They told me once the revolution was I'd have to go to work. I said, forget you. I'm not doing that. But it's time to shake ourselves and do what the Lord has as someone living in us 
that has a great work. Now, what, what, need, what takes place is if we don't begin to do that work, in Ephesians 4, it talks about that we become mature. Do you know what happens as you get older and more mature? Do you know what happens after you pass? If you're, if you're maturity, if you're not used, you, can, you keep getting more mature. You get rotten. If you're not matured to do the work, you spoil. And Ephesians is talking about not being spoiled, but being matured to do the work. Not sitting back and saying, oh, I've made some decisions about my life now. I think I know the Lord good enough to not eat of that. I think I wouldn't do this. I think no one can tell me. I think I've walked with the Lord. Well, Peter walked with the Lord for three and a half, four years, whatever it was, three years. He thought he knew the Lord, and, and at some point in the measure he did, but Jesus had to come and remind him. He says, you're not living your own life. I've called you for a purpose. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. Drop your nets again. So Ephesians chapter 4. We understand that there's one body, one spirit, even as there's one hope in our calling. But verse 7 starts, But, but, there's a work that God is going to do, and in order for that unity, in order for that purpose to be done, God is going to have to divide. God is going to have to create some livers. God's going to have to create some lips. God's going to have to create some decisions in you. He's going to have to put some judgments in you that say, I am a hand. And that's what I do. And in order to be a hand, just like I get married, I forsake all others. I'm not secretly trying to be delivered. You know. This is what I do. Well, what about... I don't know about... I don't even know about anything else. This is what I've been instructed. This is what I've been created to do. All judgments must come from that perspective. This is Ephesians 4. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. And it goes on to say in verse 11, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers. Now there are... Those are five particular... Many people call them offices or gifts for the church. And I'm not going to focus on those so much today other than there's five. It's like your hand. That means they're going to work on you. Most things we do in life actually come through a few things that at least we see. Either our mouth or our hands. We're either speaking and getting in trouble or doing something and getting in trouble. And so the hands need to be working. The gifts that are in you need to be operating. Not free-spirited, not like an amoeba, but according to the purpose that God has called them to do. The apostle prophet, pastor, evangelist, and teacher are given for what reason? For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man under the measure of the, of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And it's talking about here that these gifts are given and the operation of the Holy Spirit are given for the saints to become equipped trained to do the work that they are called to do. There's a training or an instruction that goes on. For what reason that we that we would be that we would build up again, the body is building itself up. We're called to be made perfect or mature or equipped, not to be spoiled, but to serve, to serve according to the pattern that God has ordained. Till we all come into the unity of the faith, the knowledge of a Son of God. Have you come to know Him yet? See, sometimes we come to I know Him enough. We might not say that outwardly. But my lack of actions, my lack of practicing the Word, my lack of obedience, my lack of zeal show that I'm not like Paul saying I'm pressing towards the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. I want to know Him. I have not yet come to know Him. I haven't seen Him return. I haven't seen the, the greatness of what He's talked about. I haven't seen the Gospel preached at the end of the earth. I haven't seen the unity. I haven't seen the judgments that He's saying. Then, Lord, I want to know You. I must be falling short somewhere. Then work in me. Otherwise, we can get very stodgy. Well, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's all, and, 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 everything's always the same. Well, not the same in Jesus. Same outwardly, but not the same in the Lord. 
knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure and the fullness of Christ. There's something God yet wants to do. Where? In the body. In this functioning together. In this DNA working. In you obeying and receiving your call in God and saying, oh, it's not done yet. Oh, I don't know Him yet. I want to press towards the mark of the high calling in Jesus. I want to start hearing like I've never heard before. I want to stop making up my own mind. I want to stop living my own life. I want to be like Peter said, now that I've been, I know that the end is coming, now that I know the world is, is dead, how should we ought to live? Well, I want to live in the zeal of God according to practicing His Word. That, that's practicing the Word. That we henceforth be no more children. Now this is 14. We henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the slight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lay in wait to deceive. But here again, now 15. But speaking, again, speaking. Are you speaking the truth? Well, what would be the truth? Well, the truth would be what God is speaking to you today. The truth would be what God is speaking to this body today. The truth would be the judgment that God is speaking to you. Otherwise, we're just, we're just amoebas. Instead of speaking the truth in love. As we speak the truth in love, something again is going to happen. There's something miraculous or a hidden mystery that as you speak the truth in love, as these gifts are operating on you, as you're moving as where God has you, when you speak the truth in love, what happens? We may grow up into Him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. There's something that's going to happen when you apprehend what God is doing. When you agree with the word that God is speaking, there's going to become a miracle that takes place. And many times, rather than, again, we'd rather sacrifice, we'd rather be independently right, we'd rather do our own thing, we'd rather make our own decisions. We actually, actually, make, we actually make sacrifices to sacrifice. Sometimes we think like we're sacrificing. I'll show them, I'll glue this, and I'm sacrificing. No, that's not what he wants. Sometimes we'll actually try to like do the will of God without doing the will of God. But you know what? If you did this, he promises here we're going to grow up into him into all things if we speak the truth in love. Love is what? Well, see, love is long-suffering. Love is saying, oh, he's the Lord. I will, I'm going to speak that. And in speaking it, I'm conformed to something. I'm changed to something, which will be healthy for me, but equips the body in a greater and greater way. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro. Doctrine can toss you to and fro. See, a child, that's why, that's why in, in Proverbs, let me get to that but in Proverbs, he's talking to a son. He says, well, it seems to be a young child. Make sure you hear my instruction. Because as you grow up, there's going to be other things. There's things that need to be understood that will keep you from yourself. That will keep you from doctrines of yourself. That will keep you from all these other things that say, well, you know, the heart does a good job too. What do I care? It's none of my business. I'm the hand. Now, if the heart doesn't do a good job, I'll find out about it. And, you know, I can try to help as much as I can, but that's not my primary work, is to worry about what the heart's doing. Oh, maybe, isn't that what, I think that's what Peter said. Well, what about the heart? When he, you know, sees the disciple that loved Jesus. What about him? I'm not talking to him. I'm talking to you. And now it's, instruction comes in instruction is more than just your doctrinal position it's something that oh I'm hearing the voice of God instructing me restraining me disciplining me and when I hear that that is the way I ought to think that is the way I ought to act that is the way and pretty soon now when the hand when the, uh, when the hand starts to form it doesn't look like a hand does it it just looks like two cells that kind of went there. And then, but pretty soon, is, and it continues under the instruction of the DNA, it continues, it continues, and pretty soon, ha. Now, most of it doesn't look like anything. Continue, my son, 
if you keep my instruction, if you listen to my word. Now, this is where it's going to take the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your understanding. Because if God is speaking to you in ways that you don't, you don't, you, you don't understand, you're not seeing as God. He's going to always come in a form that you don't recognize. He might come as a, as, a man, as a baby in a manger. He might be a sacrifice on a cross. He might be a guy building a boat. He might be somebody on the road to Jericho lying in the middle of the street. He might come as someone's opinion. Usually that's what's going to come for you. And you have to decide. Is this true? What I just read, what I've been reading in this book, or is it open for personal opinion? I just make my own decisions. Well, the hand will never fulfill its destiny until we believe something and have that instruction and continue to speak that and speak that. That's why our speech is so important. That's why our goals are so important. That's why our judgments are so important. That's why what we do together is so important. And if we keep those things, then we're changed into His image and He will be glorified. If not, you know, we wander around. So, you know, I hope that we'll continue on that. But I believe that God has a purpose for us, a very clear and particular purpose, and He's working in our midst. And now it's up to us to allow the DNA or the Spirit to work in us to mold me and not to get spoiled, but to become mature. Mature, according to Ephesians, means you're doing the work that you've been called to do. Overmature means you're just out there, you're out to lunch, doing your own things, calling your own shots. I mean, you're not, maybe not living a bad life, but we're not fulfilling God's purpose. And we're here to practice the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you, God. Holy Spirit, have your way in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.